This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's great to have you on the radio today as we talk about energy savings, technology, and sustainability. I'm Tim Eccles, the host of Energy Matters. We're coming to you from WGAUradio.com, our home for great radio talk about energy, sustainability, and technology. In the studio with me today, Christopher Matos Rogers. How's it going, Christopher? Great. Good to be here. And, you know, I've learned something already because you're a green, competent realtor, and I have not heard of that. Tell us a little bit about that designation, and then we're going to back up and go kind of through your green evolution in your life. Yeah, certainly. So the National Association of Realtors offers designations. Those are that alphabet soup that you see sometimes on a realtor's business card. That's a jumble of letters. Um, so there is actually a green one. It's just green, G-R-E-E-N, all capital letters. And it's a, uh, a course that goes through, teaches uh, agents all about what a green home is, energy performance, things like solar. And then it teaches you the value and how to market those properties. So it makes you competent in understanding the features and then what the value is and how you market those. Yeah, let's back up. You went to Southern Poly, uh, which uh, for our listeners out of state, that's an engineering school over in the northwest part of Atlanta. Tell me about your experience there, what your major was, and and how it led you to realty. Yeah, so that didn't have as much of leading me towards real estate as really more my background in uh, life. Uh, my family on the, my father's side are realtors, builders, architects, and tradesmen. So I grew up around residential real estate uh, in some form or the other. So it, it was just kind of a natural fit. Yeah. So you were an architect major? Yes, I, I but I've never worked in the field. Yeah. Um, after that, I went into marine biology, actually, and that's where really the green piece comes full circle. So before I switched into real estate, uh, I worked in marine biology. So by uh, talking about green in our association, uh, it really kind of brings those two fields together. One of the projects I had a chance to be involved with was putting a solar array on the Sapelo Island Community Library. And UGA has a pretty big footprint on the island uh, as students study the etuary and uh, and other things there. Have you ever been to any of the any of the coastal Georgia islands? Uh, not in, in in a work aspect. Um, growing up here in Atlanta, we did go down to Savannah and Tybee. Um, growing up, but nothing beyond that really. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a cool field. You've also uh, you work for Palmer House property so you're a real estate agent by day correct that's how i feed myself yeah and but you're you're a director in the atlanta realtors group which is the local association correct right and then you're also on the sustainability advisory group for the national association and how did that how did that uh group come about so that's a great story actually um there's People like me at the local level, and then we're kind of spread across the country. Uh, This will be my first year involved at the national level, but there has been a core group involved for about a decade. Uh, We do have other committees such as land use and whatnot. So they've been been there for a long time making a space. And uh, ultimately what happened was in 2017 when we had the multiple hurricanes, um, they, NAR, uh, you know, the realtor associations are, they do not move quickly. They're, they are conservative, conservative organizations that move slow and don't do anything hastily. But, uh, at that point with, with all that was going on, they said, we need to, to do something. We need to respond to changing weather patterns and how are they in, impacting real estate? How is real estate impacting these issues? And so they formed this group two years ago and, um, they have done an amazing work growing quickly. They're already starting to uh, enact policy changes at NAR around energy. There's some really interesting ones that I think could be useful down here in Georgia, specifically around solar arrays and batteries. Um, I really would love to get Georgia Association of Realtors uh, better informed with that so that we can uh, talk about you know further net metering. I know we just expanded it in Georgia, but perhaps there's more to do. I had solar thermal on my house in Winterville, and when I went to sell that house, and my realtor didn't know anything about it. Uh, it, it wasn't valued. There, you know, when they go through the little questionnaire with you, you know, as you're selling your house, uh, you know, it's like, what, what's solar thermal? Uh, and I felt like that I had made this investment, but it wasn't 
fully appreciated. And the guy that bought my house was uh, worked in the music business. He was from Nashville, and he he thought it was cool, but uh, he wasn't you know he wasn't wanting to pay any extra for it. Uh, so, is, is this a common problem with folks that put? Uh, renewable energy sources on their home? So far, we are seeing that, and it really has a lot to do. There is a public perception issue. Um, that is something also on the Realtor agenda is to do education on the public-facing side. But there's also a huge problem with, with uh, educating our members. We have to get people to understand that people do value this. And it comes down when we talk about marketing is when we look at any type of a house, whether it's uh, wh- whether it's location, whether it's a house with a lot of stairs, you start knowing your buyer is going to be a certain type of person and, and you either find an agent that tends to have that kind of a customer or something like that. And this is the same thing with green energy. If somebody doesn't know about it, you need to have an agent that has a presence, not, not only to understand it and the value, but also what is their physical presence in the business? Do they have customers that potentially in an audience that would buy that house? So it's very early stages, um, but it's, it's getting there and it really is just the, the education piece. Have you heard of the HERS score for uh, for a home? Yes, and yeah. we actually have it in our MLS. It's a very prominent field. If you you can actually search homes by it, but they're usually blank. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what the HERS score is and and what it's really designed to do and why folks aren't using it. Uh, well, they're not using it a lot of times because they don't know what it is or that it exists. Uh, but it's, it's a rating scale to say how energy efficient is your home compared to other similar homes. So it gives you a number. to, And based on the sliding scale, you'll say this is an efficient home or it's very inefficient. So, you know, something like a 50 or even a 40 would be a good energy efficient home. Obviously, you could go lower than that, net zero or even negative. Um, but most homes in older homes in Georgia can be well over 100. We talk about energy burden sometime as we discuss energy rates and helping the poorest among us. And it, it does seem like that there's a correlation between, uh, between folks who are struggling to pay their bill uh, and having very inefficient homes. So it's just, it's just not a matter of the rates being high. We have some of the lowest rates in the nation. But these homes, maybe they're renting them or maybe they've bought bought a home but it's not energy efficient and this this her score it seems like that that would really help a person who was kind of on the edge of their budget to know that hey if i'm you know if if i'm looking at this home and i think it's going to be affordable but that her score is over a hundred well that that should be a that should be a, a a red flag shouldn't it it, it should be. And, and part of it is getting that information out there. You bring a lot of good points up. Uh, I actually think it would be great if somebody came out here and uh, there's a lot of investors, both institutional and individuals in the rental house market, the rental housing market right now because of the, the way the market's been the last decade. If there were somebody in Atlanta specifically that came out and said, I'm going to brand myself as having uh, green, healthy, because there's the health aspects of cleaner air when, you're, when your home has a tight envelope and energy efficient, that you know I'm going to offer low low energy prices on my, because my homes use less they have healthy air i think that would be amazing and you could probably make more rent there's also uh, when you're purchasing a home there are green mortgage programs that uh, will look at an energy efficient home that has a certification and you can actually qualify for a little bit more on your mortgage than you normally would because they know you're going to save over on your total cost right it's just like an ev you got to look at your what is your total cost not just your upfront now i haven't heard about the mortgage company giving consideration uh, how does a listener discover if they're using the right mortgage mortgage company that would do that so these are actually uh, federal programs that any mortgage lender can have they've been around since 93 so the fact that i didn't know about it until a few years ago and you haven't heard about it is sort of the issue here um, all of them have access to them. They're called an energy, an EEM, energy efficient mortgage. There's VA versions, there's FHA, and then conventional. So all all the types of loan products have an EEM overlay. Some wow. some lenders will try to fit you into a like a renovation loan because it's similar ish, and it's what they do more of. But ask around when you're talking to lenders and ask about the EEM. There's quite a few that actually, if you ask, will do it. So. You've had six EVs, and that may be a record for any guests that we've ever, ever had. So homes uh, that have, that are EV ready, I, I have a, a Chevy Volt. I've had, I'm on my fourth, and I've used a home charger, uh, and I've been on time of use rate, you know, with some utilities. I, I was on time of use with Georgia Power as well as Walton EMC. I'm not with, with Jackson EMC just because 
I, I, I compared it and I didn't, you know, I, I felt like, man, I don't know that I want to put my family through the aggressive type of turn my AC off that I do, you know, when I'm, you know, as an energy regulator, when I'm regulating <laughs> my own home, I take it very seriously. So I had mercy on my family on this. But are you seeing are you seeing more and more homes that are EV ready or homes that have chargers? What uh, what what do you tell your clients who, you know, as they see your EV and as they're looking at a home? I'd say that I see very few that are uh, ready, EV ready. Um, I'm in over in North DeKalb. So, you know, North Fulton, North DeKalb are sort of the hot spots in, in town. When I do see them, it, it stands out to me because I'm, so, I'm so not used to seeing them. Uh, there's a combination of people that still subsist off level one with their portable EVSE. And then there's just still a large number of people that don't have them. Um, so usually when I'm working with a client that either has an EV or they want to get an EV, then we look at where's your panel uh, compared to where you're going to park your car. And so we just make a plan for them to be able to install one after the fact. Yeah, 200 bucks is what I spent with my electrician last year. I spent 200 bucks with another electrician three years before that and 200 bucks with an electrician three years before that as I've, as I've basically just put a junction box below that fuse box in my garage. And then for about $400, you can get a Clipper Creek uh, charger that that plugs in you probably have one in your home as well uh we've had three we're back down to two now but yes yeah yeah so charging at home is is really easy well we're going to keep this conversation going we're going to talk more about electric vehicles we're going to talk about uh, more about being a green competent realtor and how cool that is i'm tim eccles stick around we'll be right back Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. I'm Tim Eccles. I'm a public service commissioner, but I'm your host today and every week on Energy Matters. Thanks for listening to us in the studio with me, Christopher Matos Rogers. Christopher, man, we had a great time in that first segment. I want to keep this conversation going. Uh, you, gr- you grew up in Atlanta? Yes, in uh, Gwinnett County in Snellville. Yeah, what high school did you go to? South Gwinnett. South Gwinnett, yeah. Uh, that's the Comets, right? You yeah, I, the, I'm surprised you remember. Yeah, yeah the Comets. Uh, they, they've had, you know, from time to time, very good basketball teams, uh, good athletics, but big school over there. Gwinnett County has an incredible uh, board of education and school system uh, and, and has for a, a long time. Then you went off to Southern Poly. How did you get interested in engineering? Was it just your family, or did you – did you have a lot of that math and science acumen that you noticed when you were in high school? Both. I, I took advanced mathematics, uh, college-level math, uh, did AP um, there at South. You're one of those guys. Yes, I am one okay. of those guys. I'm a number number cruncher, love science. Um, and then from there, also, yes, so with my family being in, in the field, uh, it just fit. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, we were talking before about the fact that you're a green, competent realtor. Now, our family... I'm 59. We have moved about every three years. And I don't know why we move every three years. Uh, You're a realtor's favorite customer. Yeah, yeah. But but we just, for whatever reason we do, we have seven children, and that has had something to do with it. Because as the family got bigger, we bought bigger houses. And as the family began to get smaller, we started decreasing the size of, of the house. And, and we also have tended to kind of move where our children go or settle in some ways, I'm a little constrained because, 
in, in Georgia, the public service commissioners have to live in a district. There are five of us, so we basically slice the state of Georgia into five pieces. And as long as I stay within that northeast Georgia district, starting in Gwinnett County, I could go anywhere, and who knows, we may. Uh, but I, in all my time of buying houses, I've never heard of a green, competent realtor. Why, why not? Well, the designation, I think, is about 10 years old at this point, so it's still relatively new. You know, before the recession hit, a lot of people were getting on um, solar and renewables and energy efficiency, and then the market crashed. And, and things were also more expensive back then, so you had, like, the culmination of the, the bad recession, the the crashed real estate market and then still the cost of these early technologies so we really lost time there and as the market has recovered the technologies have become cheaper and more well known we're finally hitting kind of our stride yeah and before we go any further i mean christopher's on twitter just like me i'm at tim eccles our shows it matters radio you're at atl spelled like atlanta so atl electric so it's atlanta basically atl electric atl electric uh, so you can find him and just go to go to my Twitter handle and you'll see it and you can just uh, you can follow him. But you and I actually met on LinkedIn. How cool is that? Yes, it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's working. We are we are linked and now you're on the radio show. Well, tell me about some of these concepts, the solar evaluation, the green certified appraisers, the green addendums that you could have. Um, this, this is all new to me. Yes. So th these are some of the tools that we have. So just like Realtors, um, there is a green certification for appraisers. And we do have them in Georgia. So if you go to the Appraisal Institute Institute's website, you can also just Google uh, for green certified appraisals uh, appraisers. You're going to find a database essentially where you can search based on location and what certifications you want. And that is one of them. We do have, uh, I forget the number of, that we have in the state, but DS Murphy is a big company here in the Atlanta area. They have several uh, on their roster. Um, and so they've had the training to understand and be able to know the math of not only for solar, you know, solar is a lot more complicated with its valuation. They actually go into the production and, and essentially you're buying the future power that that solar panel is going to produce over its remaining usable life. So it's, there's some number crunching that goes on there, but things like green certifications, they usually, uh, use a percentage, usually three to 5% of the property price. As you look at homes to list or take clients to to view that have solar uh, on those homes, are you finding that this, the the systems are always functioning, or is there is there a broken inverter when you get there? Is the roof leaking because holes were punched in? I mean, tell us you know tell us the truth here about what you're seeing. Uh, as you visit these places, the few that I've seen uh, seem to to be working flawlessly. You know, the other part of listing your home is hopefully your realtor is telling you these are some issues you have. Let's fix them before you list so that things go smoothly. The few that I've seen have been operational and having no issues. Um, it all is going to depend on how it was installed and, and all of that. So uh, the, the bigger thing we have is that a lot of times these homes aren't labeled. So if you go like if, if you tell me tomorrow that you want to buy a home now with solar in Georgia. So I'll go into my FMLS account and I'll search and I'll put uh, criteria just like bedrooms and bathrooms and uh, other features in the house. Solar power is, is an option. We do have green fields in our M MLS, including a HERS score. They are searchable. But when I search, uh, I frequently do this just to kind of see what our market is doing. We usually have about 25 in the state of Georgia listed that say they have solar, but then I'll scroll through the photos and maybe a third of those actually have solar panels. So we have a combination of people not knowing what they're actually selecting. Um, the owners have to also know what their house is so that they can share it with their agent. You know, there's, there's a certain perspective there, but then the agent needs to know and be thorough enough to go and put that in FMLS. I mean, how can you spend $20,000, $30,000 on a solar array and then list your home and not tell your agent. How does that happen? I'd say it's, I, I'm amazed sometimes in my profession. Wow. So you, what you're saying is that if you've made green improvements on your home, uh, so you put solar or solar thermal on your home, you can you know tell your realtor, hey, look, make sure that you list this in the green category on the MLS list listing, so it's searchable, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, and so 
Is it just a matter of them checking a box that it has solar? Is, that, is it that simple? It is that simple. So we have we have several types of greenfields. We have energy certifications like Earthcraft, LEED, Energy Star Whole Home. These are all a host of, of uh, selections they can make. The good thing is there is a national effort to automate more of this, to build sort of a national database of certifications and solar as detailed as how many kilowatt hours that your or how many kilowatts your system is. So a lot of this is going to start being um, automated, if you will. So it's just the agent doesn't even really need to know it's just going to be populated. And the exciting part of that is that we have the leader of that organization. He just last year became the CEO of FMLS. So he's now here with us in Georgia. He also was another member of the National Association of Realtors Sustainability Advisory Group. So it's really exciting for Georgia in 2020 and beyond for he and I to be here in Georgia, bringing that um, the efforts going on nationally here to our state. So we've got about 1,900 customers in the Georgia power system that are what we call behind the meter, meaning that they're not in a buy-all, sell-all relationship with the power company, that they're that they are actually consuming that energy on their home and they're selling any excess back. So you're saying that at any given time when you check, there's 25 or 30 that that are listed. But, you know, I do expect this to continue to grow. I mean, do you think that real estate agents, is it that they're just apathetic about it or they just don't know to do this? Both. Um, the biggest problem that we have as an industry a lot of times is that we hold on to old thought processes. I remember when I teamed up with Solarize Atlanta, was this two years ago now, maybe a year ago? Um, and I and we were reaching out because of our sustainability committee at Atlanta Realtors, and we were saying, you guys have this program going on. We want to make sure our members know. We want to see how we can assist you. And uh, they're like, they were shocked. They were like, oh, my God, I'm so glad to have the Realtors engaging us because apparently when um, – the solar regulation was going on in 2015 to bring leasing and whatnot. When people tried to reach out to the realtors, the realtors would say, um, solar is is ugly. People don't want it. it. It lowers values and hang up on them. Those were stories that were shared with me. So we're having to get past ourselves and then we're having to understand where our industry is going. It's very exciting, though, too, because our industry, like many, is being sh- uh, shaken up. Uh, right now. And so people are trying to stay on top. And so we've got hungry people that want information. Every time we've offered a class on any sustainable topic, whether it's solar, green energy, what is Atlanta doing and how is it going to change your business? We have ravenous people coming to learn and they have great questions. So we just have to make sure that we keep doing that. In our last couple of minutes, I want to just ask you about, you know, your personal growth and evolution, you know, into the green movement. I know as a commissioner, you know, I, I first started with solar thermal because of a PR project I'd done at a master's class at UGA. And then I got a C&G car and then a natural, uh, then an electric car and, and just began to experience different types of technology and could speak on why it was good, why it was bad. And I really have tried to maintain some objectivity in this. But in the end, I feel like all the stuff that we promote on the show really deals with stewardship and my commitment to stewardship as an evangelical. What What is your personal evolution like in becoming a green competent realtor? Yeah, so it, part of it starts in childhood. My, my dad is an Air Force veteran, and so for four years we, we lived in Germany. And they've been leading on stuff like this forever. So living there in the late 80s, early 90s, that was a part of it. I really had a watershed moment, believe it or not, in Gwinnett County in second grade, right when we first moved back to the U.S. Um, you know, we before this issue became political, you know, in the early 90s, Gwinnett County was teaching about, you know, environment. And I remember learning about the theory of peak oil, essentially, in second grade. And I mean, it obviously stuck with me because I still remember it. Um, I didn't realize electric cars had ever been a thing at that point. All I knew is they were telling us oil was going to run out someday and that, you know, we had to learn. Um, And then after that, you know, I went into marine biology, bought my first electric car when I was still in marine biology. This is when the leaf was out. So it was the quote unquote, free electric car. And I had a Jeep Wrangler spending four and 500 a month on gas. So I got my first electric car, didn't think I was going to like it. Not only was it a huge savings, but the performance, even the Leaf, that's not a great car. It was awesome. And then went to Tesla and from there. Wow. That that's incredible. Well, you are at AT Electric on Twitter. I'm at Tim Eccles, the shows at Matter Radio. Thanks so much for sharing all of this. Where can folks find out more about you and about 
the Green Competent Realtor. Yes, if you're looking for a Green Competent Realtor, go to greenresourcecouncil.org and you can search National Realtors. If you're looking for me, just uh, Google my name. I'm the only one out there with it. Great. I'm Tim Eccles. We'll be right back. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. They're dedicated to energy solutions for both your home and business. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure their clients receive the highest quality of solar energy systems in the industry. Contact CSUSA today at 770-485-7438 or go to creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMVW Auto Sales. Hey, this is Commissioner Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. You know, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and we're going to take some time in our show to talk about this. And there's no one better in our state to join me uh, then our first lady, Marty Kemp, it's great to have you on Energy Matters. So great to be with you today. Thank you, Tim. This topic I know is near and dear to you, and we're going to get into this, but let me just ask you, I mean, you're the first lady of Georgia. Uh, you are having some great opportunities. Did you ever think something like this could happen, and, and, and is your family enjoying it? Yes, we are, definitely. We are proud to serve the people of Georgia, and blessed to have this opportunity and it's been been really great to get out around the state and see people and just get to know them and talk to them and see the issues that they have around the state and try to help them. My wife is so excited that you've adopted as this cause of raising awareness uh, about human trafficking but it's not just raising awareness because what some of the things that you're doing I believe is actually going to curb human trafficking and I'm I'm really excited and want to get into this so let's start with the Grace Commission and the idea behind that and how that's gone. Well, Grace Commission was formed in January because of this issue. So with the girls and I and Brian went to stop traffic in Atlantic Station to the press conference where it represented 72 buses. They represent 3,600 children that are taken into modern slavery every year in Georgia. And it was just eye-opening. It was just crazy. So we knew that we had to do something about it. So the Grace Commission was formed, brought all the experts to the table from law enforcement and nonprofit and you know we're just going to all work together to make a difference and shine a, a bright light on this terrible industry in georgia it is a lot about collaboration because there's a lot of moving pieces from the law enforcement piece of this to uh, helping these girls uh, in their recovery uh, and then this effort to really let georgians know that when they see something they should say something but if they don't know what to look for <laughs> then it's hard for them to really give meaningful input or reporting. Input or reporting. So tell me about this effort to get Georgians engaged. Well, for the year that we've served, we've completed a year. So we've been traveling around the state. I've been traveling around going to visit the places that are helping these individuals once they are taken out of human trafficking. You know, I've got uh, Vic Reynolds, GBI director, and Jan Jones, uh, Speaker Pro Tem, that are my co-chairs on uh, the commission as well as um, Attorney General Chris Carr. So we've all been working together. And, you know, it just has it taken a year for us to get a training together because we know that education and awareness are key. And we have got to have a training module that we rolled out yesterday we're so excited about that will challenge 80,000 government employees that Brian is in, strongly encouraging them to take. But then also we can pass this on to businesses, to, you know, churches, to you know, just the everyday Georgian, just to let them become aware of what they may see out there, and then that way, if they see something, say something, and they'll know what to do with the information that they've seen. Yeah, that's right. I think 
as I work with utilities, as, as our audience knows, I regulate energy along with my colleagues on the Public Service Commission. We've got utilities like Atlanta Gaslight, Georgia Power, all our great EMCs, uh, and, and these utilities have employees. And some of these employees are going into homes. You think about the, the cable person who might go into a home, the gas employee that might go into a home. I mean, how important is it for folks to know kind of the telltale signs of when something is really wrong? Oh, it's the most important thing. I mean, if you, you know, if you learn what to look for and the signs of it, and then you actually see it, you're more than likely, I hope, you're going to do something about it. And so, I mean, if you think about all the citizens of Georgia and other people around the, the country, if they know what to look for, you know, their gut feeling is going to say, that does not look right. This is something out of the training. I need to help that individual. And, you know, you're talking about saving somebody's life. That's really strong and that you could help somebody. As these girls and boys are rescued, and I have three of my own children are involved in law enforcement, uh, as these girls and boys are rescued, it's so important to have a next step, a place for them to be, to, to really recover, to receive psychological counseling. Oftentimes, we've found through my unholy tour effort that uh, that these women have been abused, hit uh, hit in the face, kicked, uh, not to mention all the things that happens, happened to them overnight, you know, as they're essentially pimped out to whoever wants to pay for them. So this recovery effort that you've been involved with, with helping Wellspring Living and others is important, isn't it? Oh, it's very important. I mean, like I said before, education and awareness are key. So we can educate the people, we'll get the, the hold the bad actors accountable and just help these girls in recovery because some of them have been trafficked for 24 years. And there's a lot of things that I have learned going around the state and I have sat down with survivors and they have shared their stories with me and it is gut-wrenching. I mean, there's a lot of citizens of Georgia that would not believe the things that go on. So that's the awareness part. So we can, or education part both, that we can make sure that people understand this so that they are willing to help. And then we've got to help these girls you know, get back in or get them the therapy, get them the help that they need is most important. And that's one thing that we're lacking in Georgia that we're going to be working on is having more facilities like Wellspring and Gigi's House and House of Hope that we desperately need in Georgia to to help these people. I was down in Savannah. We did our unholy tour there. And one of the concerns for folks from Savannah was that they didn't have any place for the girls to go once they were rescued. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember the FBI operation in uh, in Savannah. I think it was called Operation Dark Night, where these girls were held in dog cages across from the bowling alley. And uh, as they rescued these women, they were having to put them into uh, a, a domestic shelter, uh, you know, for a abuse women that's not really the right population i mean mixing these populations is not the right thing it takes some very specialized treatment to help these women uh, on the road to recovery right right oh absolutely and that's the that's the one thing that we're working on that that i have learned about going around and talking to people is that where where are we taking them where can they go when they need help and we need to educate law enforcement on what to recognize as well that these girls are being trafficked that they're not prostitutes that they need help they need to come out and they're afraid they they don't have anybody to trust they you know they they have nowhere to go so we've got to make sure that we have these facilities so that they can get help that when they are you know taken out of this horrific industry that they have a safe place to go and that they know that they're going to be cared for and that they know that they're going to be safe so it's just educating everybody so that they understand this horrible process, how bad these individuals are treated. I mean, we just have listened, I have listened to survivors over and over again, and a lot of their stories are the same, but they are treated, it's inhumane, and, and we have got to help them in the recovery process mainly, most importantly. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Energy Matters, and we normally don't talk about human trafficking awareness on Energy Matters, but we are today because we're privileged to have the First Lady of Georgia, Marty Kemp, with us, Uh, and we're discussing Human Trafficking Awareness Month, the Grace Commission, this extraordinary effort that she and her husband, our governor, are leading to educate Georgians on what to look for uh, and what to see. So So there's so much that we need to be doing 
in in our unholy tour that we've been doing for about six years, First Lady, one of the things that surprised me is the number of great nonprofits that are engaged, whether it's Redemption Inc. helping girls get this brand or tattoo off of their body, or whether it's Wellspring Living, Living providing you know, some recovery, a place to go uh, in a safe, safe environment, or whether it's Youth Spark, who's working on this demand side where men are being essentially told, look, the ad you've just responded to is not real, and we now have your phone number, and scaring these men to death. How important is the nonprofit sector as we as we battle human trafficking in Georgia? Oh, they're incredibly important. You know, that's why we formed the Grace Commission was to bring all these expertise to the table because, you know, I have no idea and, and you know, what all is being done. So we want to make sure that we're not reinventing the wheel, that all this great work that is being done around the state, that we all come together and work together. And just yesterday with our Grace Commission meeting, you know, we had Gigi's house meet um, House of Hope and they can, you know, now call each other, support each other, help each other out. And so, you know, it's just all about communication and coming together and learning and continuing to move forward to help end this industry once and for all in Georgia. I know our Attorney General, Chris Carr, uh, has has been on the same page with you. And, and in fact, I think we've got most of the levers of government moving to try to end human trafficking here in our state. It is such a problem everywhere, worldwide. I mean, it's a, it's a sad time in our world uh, when, when this is happening so often. In our last minute, uh, I just want to give you a chance to, you know, to challenge Georgians to get engaged with this. Why should everyone care? Well, it could be your daughter, your sister, your niece, you know, your cousin, whoever. I mean, but I would encourage you to take the training so that you can be out there looking and if you in, in your everyday life and you have a chance to save somebody's life i mean just to help each other in the state of georgia i think that that inspires me it inspires us to hold bad actors accountable to help people is most important to me where can our listeners go to find out more information would you direct them to a website or a location how can they find out more well you can go to my official webpage, um, georgia first lady or the, any of our social media, the governor's website as well, and that will lead you to the training. Well, I'm Tim Eccles. I'm at Tim Eccles on Twitter. Uh, you've been listening to an interview with our first lady, who's really making this human trafficking awareness campaign a big part of what she's going to be doing while she's our first lady. Thank you very much for being on our show today. So glad to be with you. Thank you. Thanks. We'll be right back. And we'll talk about the GBI. In fact, we'll have the GBI director uh, on microphone with us. Stick around. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Tim Eccles here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over Georgia. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. The folks there understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll unpack it all. They've been in business for over 25 years. To find out more, go to SolarSunWorld.com. That's SolarSunWorld.com. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. This is Tim Eccles. As you know, we always help you save money on your power bill, use technology, and live a more sustainable life. But today, because this is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, we are going to give you an opportunity to help make Georgia a better place. We just heard from our First Lady, Marty Kemp. 
Um, many of you know of her, but I'm going to tell you, she's doing an incredible job. And I want to start with my two guests, Jan Jones, the Speaker Pro Tem of the Georgia House of Representatives, and Vic Reynolds, the Director of the GBI. Jan and Vic, it's great to have you on the show, but let me just have you start by telling our audience how great this First Lady is. Well, thank you, Tim. And I am just, I feel like the most fortunate person in Georgia to uh, have been put on as a co-chair of the Grace Commission with uh, GBI Director Vic Reynolds and First Lady Marty Kemp. Her passion for this issue uh, is going to make a real difference. And as a state legislator, uh, that that's what that's what you live for, is to make a difference in the lives uh, of people, and this is going to make a real difference. Director Reynolds, uh, you're getting to know the First Lady, uh, obviously, you know, through your work on the Grace Commission. How important is it to have someone at that level, you know, basically taking and putting the spotlight, the megaphone, speaking through the megaphone about this uh, in, in her work um, to raise awareness uh, about human trafficking? Uh, thank you, Mr. Commissioner. I, w- I will tell you that uh, I've told people before that it's amazing when a sitting governor and a first lady direct some attention to an issue, uh, how much light is shown on it, and, and this is certainly a great example. Uh, I've, I've, I've been so honored not only on a personal level to, to get to work with a first lady on, on this important issue, but I will tell you from a law enforcement perspective for boots-on-the-ground agents to know that a governor and a first lady support them. Uh, believe in what they're doing, uh, will be there for them, will do everything in their power to make sure that this terrible, terrible issue is faced in this state just means more than, than I can put into words. So it's an honor and it's a pleasure to work with her day in and day out. No, it truly is a blight. I have people who here I do these unholy tours. I do them at night, right? Not not during my day job. Um, but they'll say, "Why are you? Why are you doing this? You regulate energy." And my comeback to them always is, "Why aren't you engaged on this issue? We need everyone." And as the first lady is working with this educational campaign to educate all of these state employees, I mean, it is important that our citizens know and understand this. Vic, let me ask you because I know that I know that the GBI not only works with local law enforcement agencies but you all have your own special unit involved with this what kind of effort is being put forward by the GBI to combat human trafficking in our state well it's certainly uh, one of our top priorities along with combating criminal street gangs and TM frequently they're, they're intertwined with each other. In fact, the last few human trafficking cases we've worked, the traffickers were in fact members, validated members of criminal street gangs, and so they work hand in hand. But it's so important for this bureau as the statewide investigative agency to be able to work these cases around the state, to work with our local partners, our federal partners, to make sure we pursue these traffickers, to make sure that we do everything within our power to make sure these victims Uh, of these terrible crimes have the services and sources they need to rebuild their lives and become worthwhile citizens, productive citizens of this great state. And so it's very important for the GBI to have a hand in that. We're, We're obviously, as I said a moment ago, a statewide investigative agency. So we need to be able to work these cases all the way from the Tennessee border down to the Florida border. And we're doing that. These agents are very active. They're pursuing the cases. In fact, our plans are during 2020 to grow this unit to have agents specifically assigned to work only trafficking cases. So our goal is to grow that unit to make sure more agents are working the cases and to stay aggressive and assertive in prosecution. And we've got Speaker Pro Tem Jan Jones here. And Speaker Pro Tem, the legislature is so important in our state because the policies, the laws that come out of there really give teeth to us being able to take action. So the legislature's engaged. Are you seeing more and more of uh, the members of the Georgia General Assembly come to you and say, I want to do something? Yes, I am. And in, in the years I've been in the legislature, we've had a sea change in how we, we view the victims of sex trafficking. And, you know, there was a time when they uh, were perceived as criminals as well. And what we realize is the vast majority start uh, in this, uh, in, start as children 
Um, in fact, um, you know, it's about two to 400 adolescent girls are sold online per month. I think as the legislature has be, the, my fellow legislators have become more aware that you're dealing with children, uh, many of whom had some connection to the foster care system, uh, those most vulnerable, some who are, are immigrants or uh, were previously abused women, that they truly are the victims. And we've put increasingly over the past few years the teeth in the law to punish the perpetrators. And there's more work to be done, and the governor will uh, – I don't want to steal his thunder, First Lady uh, uh, Marty, but they uh, he will have further legislation this year to continue that process of punishing the perpetrators. Director Reynolds, uh, in one of my unholy tours, which was inspired by the movie Amazing Grace about the life of William Wilberforce, one of the great abolitionists from the U.K., uh, I, I modeled this unholy tour like his boat tour that he did for members of parliament. If you've ever seen the film, I highly recommend it to our audience. But on one of my unholy tours, I had a state senator on the bus. And we were going, like we do, to various places in Atlanta. And we were in the South DeKalb area. And we had DeKalb County law enforcement with us. And there were stories told about one particular motel. Um, that they had made a number of uh, trafficking uh, arrests there. And at the end of the tour, as we were heading back to the Capitol, she took the microphone in the bus and stood up and said, I'm embarrassed to say that this is my district and I did not know this was happening and I'm going to do something about it. Within about six months, they had shut the motel down. Um, so it, it is a matter, I think, of education, but then there's that next step right, of being able to go out there, find the bad, bad guys, send the message that we're not going to tolerate this in our state, have some serious penalties, and of course, rescue these girls, particularly boys, but the girls, and get them back on the road to recovery, if that's even possible. Uh, so what are some of the things that you all are doing to move forward this issue in our state? Well, one of the things we're doing is we're working very closely with our prosecution community. As a former DA myself, one of the tools that we used in, in, in my county when, when I said as the elected DA is that we did exactly what you were talking about a moment ago. If we had a hotel or motel which children were being sold out of or anyone was being sold out of for sexual servitude, we drew a line in the sand and we said, if you do this at this hotel, we're going to close you down. And we did that in my county. And, and so we've preached that to our prosecutors around this state and how to use that particular tool uh, to use it to your advantage to make sure that that business owners know if this is occurring at my establishment what what the possible consequences will be I think we have to make sure that people who are trafficking children understand that in this state we're not going to tolerate if you sell a child if you sell another human being for the purposes of sexual servitude labor servitude we're not going to tolerate it we're going to pursue you we're going to prosecute you and the last step commissioner that we need to do is we need to make darn sure in this state that if you're a purchaser of another human being for the purposes of sexual servitude you will be found out you will be made public and you will be prosecuted in a court of law that's how you stop it. You stop the demand. These individuals who are coming in from, from the safe confines of a suburb or anywhere else thinking they can purchase individuals, particularly children, for sexual purposes need to be found out. They need to be discovered. They need to be made public, and they need to be prosecuted. In our final minute or so, Speaker Pro Tem, what message would you have for your constituents and the constituents of my constituents uh, throughout our state in regards to what they need to be doing, how they can get informed about this issue? Certainly participating in the training that will be available to any uh, Georgian that First Lady Kemp and the state has put together it would be a good start. But also just being aware and looking, being a ready ear 
particularly to our young people who are being abused sometimes by their own family members and being ready and able to, you know, see something, report something. Oftentimes it just these young people just need a first step and education is the key the state training is is important the hotel motel industry has gotten involved but we've got a lot more to do particularly in the public education system our public health departments our hospitals the hospital association wants to take the lead on this to make sure that their emergency room workers are aware so i encourage my constituents and fellow georgians who work in all these different fields that uh, have access or come into contact with potential victims to um, to take the lead and make sure that their industry and their place of business that their folks are are trained and ready to step in final word from you uh, director Reynolds on what Georgians can do go online to look to take the test uh, to take the uh, class uh, and, and to learn about what we can do and the last thing I would encourage your your listeners to remember is not only do we have a legal obligation to these children but Tim we have a moral obligation as well to do what's right by them to make sure they're protected and, and I would encourage all your listeners if you see something strange then say something about it great ending word I'm Tim Eccles I'm at Tim Eccles on Twitter. If you just go to my Twitter feed, we're going to list some more information about uh, gbi.ga.gov and other ways that you can get engaged. Thank you all very much for participating with us today. Tune back in every week for great information about how to save money on your power bill, how to live a more sustainable life, and how to use technology. Have a great day, everyone. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. You've heard about Jim Cars on Energy Matters. Made by Polaris in Anaheim, California. These street-legal, small electric vehicles go where golf carts are not allowed. Equipped with seatbelts, headlights, optional doors, and a tag, Jim Cars and Trucks are perfect for shuttles, corporate, or college campus use. In fact, Georgia Tech has over 100 of them. The new generation Gems have many options when selecting the battery type, onboard chargers, and enclosures to suit the climate. Go to GemCarService.com to find out more. That's G-E-M CarService.com.